For the safety of our cousins, please refrain from excessive abuse of planetary resources. Keep genetically modified organisms out of the food chain. Please, don't shit where you eat. Welcome aboard the mothership. Working on it, man. Hello, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> you are tuned to 42 Fish Cousins. This is your cousin Odd and your cousin Kusin live in the studio at CJMP Community Radio Powell River Cousins. Welcome. How are you today, Jaja? E chin up. I'm good. How are your headphone levels? Much better. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. There we go. Thank I think you. that's better. Yeah. Um, welcome to those tuning in. We are broadcasting live from the beautiful, fabulous heart of the Laaman Nation, uh, which is also known as Powell River in the regional district of Katet. Yay. It's still nice to say that. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> It is. It's really nice. Uh, the language uh, spoken in the community is called Ayajutham. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to try and speak as much Ayajutham to you, cousins, so that you get the flow of it. Yes, that is the plan. Um, the word oh, for today's today. word of the day uh, is Hehaoshin. Hehoshin is the way forward, and we've had a couple of guests on air previously uh, to talk about the Hehoshin project, and recently they just had a reconciliation walk. It was a, a very powerful and long-planned um, event. Uh, I think they've been working on it for almost a year. Yeah, for quite a while. And uh, some familiar cousins, you might remember their names, including John Louie, uh, Cindy Pallen, Philip Russell, uh, some other people working. I mean, there were so many people. Yeah, a lot of helping hands. They, we, the Salman Nation went to Seashell on the Friday before, or, man, on the Sunday before. It was Labor Day weekend. Uh, and then on the Monday, there was a walk from the church to the gym. And they uh, they did it on Labor Day because that's when the children were taken to residential school. And uh, 
the purpose of seashelt as well, of including seashelt? Oh, the seashell is where most of the Laman students went to school. There And actually, I learned, um, so there's a whole ceremony plan there for not just the Laman nation, but I learned that there was, I think, 47 or 48 different nations who attended a seashell residential school. Um, so more than one nation was present, and it was just very powerful. Um, there was like a lot of healing tears shared. Uh, and there was also in attendance a reconciliation group um, that's being started in Seashelt. Um, there was quite a few of them. There was like 30 to 40 of them there. It was, it was really, really cool. Um, and they were just present. They all had t-shirts on, uh, but they were just there to listen. Uh, and help out wherever they could. Like they were helping set up lunch and stuff. It was really, it was really special. I remember when we were in um, uh, Comox, and uh, people from uh, you know what you might call the settler community um, participated in the tribal journeys by volunteering in things like the. Uh, food prep and uh, cleanup and uh, yeah. I thought that was a really nice uh, a way to show up um, it's like you know you can never be wrong if you're doing the dishes right you are lending <laughs> yeah. a hand if you are doing the dishes we will always be happy if you just help us because all of that work is equally important as what's happening on the floor well it's it it's sort of what enables yeah. the stuff you know feeding people is is so time consuming <laughs> <laughs> and so important right yeah yeah um one uh, maybe on that note <clears throat> cousins uh again you're you're listening to Powell river community radio but uh uh Kusin and i live here in the traditional territory of the Laaman nation uh and the sister nation, one of the sister nations, is the Klahus Nation, which is on uh, Cortez Island. Yeah, uh, Tokaimuth. Tokaimuth. Kaimuth. Kaimuth. Yes, Tokaimuth. The Klahus people. Tokaimuth. Close. Close. <laughs> Better. <laughs> For today, good enough. And uh, we have been spending a lot of time. Uh, uh, luckily, in Tolk. Um, first of all, one of the really funny stories, and something that's uh, people just laughed and laughed and laughed. Um, I heard somebody saying to someone else, uh, they called the the road, the main road in in Cortez there into uh, Squirrel Cove, Torque, because they couldn't, the English guys couldn't understand how to pronounce Tolk. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. And so anyways, uh, we have a song to share with you. Uh, maybe you'll speak a little bit about the song. Yeah, the song came from a workshop called Heuk Cheth Tua. Um, when was it? Um, it took us a while because of the weather. Yeah, February, I think. For it to happen. But uh, a big group of... Indigenous and non-Indigenous people on Cortez came together and we did the blanket exercise. Uh, and then we did a song composing together. So this is the friendship song that came out of there. Uh, the I a Jutham in there. Uk tamas tams tishwas. 
means we have respect for everybody. Katam Huegas, our people are coming together. Namoch Tamskaya, we are the water. And Chaya Amskwaigen, we feel the music in our soul. So people are free to sing this song if you acknowledge um, that it came from Tok and if you acknowledge that it was made in the spirit of um, bridging communities. Okay, this is Ikwaigen. Ikwaigen.
Cousins, you're tuned to 42 Fish on CJMP 90.1 FM radio from the heart of the Shlaaman nation. Ajay Chepo, JJ. Oh, man, wrong mic. Ajay It is just one of those days, my friend. <laughs> All right. 6.20, you said. It's uh, astonishing how time is flying um, today and this month and this year and this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about that song was Equaigan, uh, and it was a friendship song from a Reconciliation uh, Community Workshop on uh, with the Tokhaimuth people. Yeah. And uh, the people of Cortez Island, and um, lots of reconciliation uh, stuff coming out these yes. days. Yes, some of it W R E C K reconciliation. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the one that you have just been witnessing. Um, there is a new show on APTN called First Contact. Um, it is a three-episode special. Uh, if you haven't heard of First Contact, they take six non-Indigenous people uh, for 30 days, and they are in colonial boot camp, I guess. Or <laughs> uh, decolonizing boot yeah. camp, yeah. And they're learning the struggles firsthand of Indigenous people. Um, and also, like, very openly uh, share ignorance on Indigenous people. Uh, today is the last episode, but tomorrow all three will be playing in a row. And if you can't watch tomorrow, it will be available online on September 17th. And uh, this show is modeled after a show that's already been made in Australia. Yes. Um, with people going into the outback. And uh, again, this show is... Um, I I need to, for media literacy sake, contextualize this as a reality TV show. Mm-hmm. And um, these people have volunteered, as you say, to do this. And and uh, the first episode, what happens? And I'm going to also add the caveat: I have not yet seen the show. It only comes out online on the 17th. So uh, they take them to several different communities uh, to experience traditional life with the indigenous people, like they. T- they took them to a community without clean running water. Uh, they took them to a community that's only fly in, fly out. A uh, community uh, in Nunavut, uh, Calgary. Um, and what were some of the responses then? Uh, it's it's given these people an opportunity to just ask like the ugly, ignorant questions like, um, why are your houses so reckless here or um where do our taxes go or what is residential school even like some of these people have never heard of residential school before their experience um yeah and it's a wide array of participants from like mid-20s up to mid-60s 70s i would say are they all um white canadians yes yes and okay, so what is your response to it? What has been? Uh, a lot of it is uh, 
the ignorance can be very, very infuriating, but I, I'm just so aware of it because of the work that we do, right? But it also is like so enraging for a lot of indigenous people. Um, but also so enlightening that this conversation is actually happening. Um, but it is going to be controversial for a while, right? This, but it, at the end of the day, it is creating a conversation. Uh, that's important for non-Indigenous people to have, but also for my people to have, uh, to debrief with each other. Because they're sharing very real stories, like the Indigenous people that they're visiting, right? And it's certainly not anything an Indigenous Canadian has not heard, sorry, an Indigenous person. Mm. Wow, let's spend an hour unpacking that statement I just <laughs> made. Uh, retraction, and let's go back. It's... The things that are being said by these people are not things that, uh, that in, people, we, indigenous people have not heard already. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, it's also important to think that what's being shared on air is one story of 150,000 in Canada. Right. And uh, yeah, it's just heartbreaking. I, sh I cried with the Kukba last night when he was talking about when he was taken. Or no, when his brother was taken. And somehow he got out of the airplane. Um, and when he went home, his mom said, Oh, go get your brother. It's time for dinner. Um, and he had to break it to her that he couldn't. Like, it's just very raw information. So if you're indigenous, make sure you have someone to debrief with in your family or your friends. Like, you just got to talk about what you just saw with somebody. Do you think that um, a non-Indigenous Canadian would also feel the need to have somebody to debrief with? Oh, absolutely. Is it... Um, have you heard of any of the responses from non-Indigenous Canadians to this show? Not that it matters, maybe? Mm, not yet. Not yet. For now, I've just been talking with my siblings yeah yeah and how do you do you think they'd mind sharing if you shared how they've been feeling uh yeah well like anger because of the pure ignorance like it's like seriously not being sugar-coated at all um and also like everyone is acknowledging their sense of loss right now you know when we see this and when we hear other very similar stories um everyone acknowledges the sense of loss that they're feeling and in whatever way that is is there a danger that you know they're just giving voice to those statements again though we'll see i have not seen the episode that aired tonight i was hoping yeah you know what are yeah curious to see if there's any type of like redemption or a closure for indigenous people you know, art is so interesting. It can be so... It's dangerous in the wrong hands, really. <laughs> it's, but powerful, right? Like you said, this is opening up conversations that people um, are not able to have and maybe don't even... Like, sometimes it's just starting the conversation that's hard. And this definitely provides... Um, a starting point an end point yeah, yeah. definitely um, 
But, you know, again, let's go back to the work of Tachama uh, Jeja that, that we do with the blanket exercise. People have said to us, right, you're, you're doing dangerous work in a sense of sharing, you know, information that riles people up. And I know, you know, we take great care with that, right? Um, making sure that an elder is uh, is there and with the, the cedar brushing ceremony. And again, it's kind of done in a particular way. What do you think the medium of television adds to or subtracts from that kind of experience? Or... Uh... Well, you know, on one hand, at least the people watching are in the comfort of their own home. So there's that if you're going to be having an uncomfortable conversation. It's going to be like full snot weeps. You know, at least it's not a rock, like a concert and everyone has to, you know, there's that. <laughs> but I did see some comments on, you know, uh, like this series is being aired on APTN. And it's probably a select group of people who watch APTN. Uh, versus a more mainstream channel that it could have been aired on to reach more Canadians or something like that. Okay, that's that's really interesting. That that is a you know again from a media literacy point of view, right? Who was their audience? What was their motive? If you're airing something on APTN, you know who your audience is. Yeah. Um, uh, super interesting. Yeah. We'll see what happens. It's available online next week. Well, we'll definitely have a look-see at yeah. that for sure. And yes. we'll report back in the the next episode of 42 <laughs> Fish Cousins. Stay tuned for that. We are live in the studio every second-ish Thursday of the month. We got it this month. Nice, yes. And um, uh, yeah, live at six, six till seven every week. Um, but we air six till seven every week. <laughs> Why don't you talk for a while? It'll be less confusing for everyone. <laughs> Next, should we play our Jerry Can song? Yes. Uh, yes, the Jerry Cans are from Nunavut, Calumet, I believe, to be specific, uh, and they mesh. Uh, their Inuktitut language with uh, like a um, what, uh, oh, roots rock is what they're calling it. <laughs> right. But this song we picked is a song that they, they just straight translated. So if you remember a couple of episodes ago, we played Patsy Cline that we translated into Aya Jutham. They translated this very well-known song into their language. And not only that, they uh, specialized it um, to the, they changed the locations to local locations. So uh, you'll recognize the tune, I'm sure, but um, this basically will take you from the lap of Nunavut from community, community, and then into uh, the Rideau Center. Um, uh, this is the Jerry Cans, and the name of the song? I've been everywhere. No, uh, you're not supposed to ruin it. No, oh. The name of the song is... Ooh, I okay, we're going to try it. No? Mm, maybe after the song. Okay, we'll try after the song. We don't speak Anuktitut, but this is the song that is a cover of 
Hank Snow's original tune, Jeja on 42 Fish. To 42 fish and that was the jerry cans i love that tune that is absolutely phenomenal i love it and uh the name of the song namulimas 
Blasmavanga. That was horrible, I'm sure. See, the thing is, though, that like they're trained to read these. Taught, I mean, how to read the combinations of the letters and stuff. Different phonetic alphabet from the one that you're using. Yeah. Totally. That's a huge, huge, uh, you know, consideration is what alphabet are you going to use when you're trying to save your language? Yeah, it is a big thing for a lot of communities. You know, it, those are such, um, it's amazing, but those they're very critical questions that kind of lead to, like, again, I remember one of the times working with you and talking about file management and the whole conversation about being able to name the file and having to spell them the words phonetically because the characters aren't allowed in the... In the server. In the finder, server, whatever. Yeah. 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 It's and there's so many different writing um, possibilities that uh, communities could choose from too. So it definitely is a it's a barrier. But you know, on the other hand, like our language is dying while we're fighting about which freaking font we're gonna use. <laughs> so just like <laughs> we need to just pick one and get to the real work. You know, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But there, yeah, I can see there, like, Laman uses the orthography, which is a different set of symbols. And um, we really favor that because it's one symbol, one sound, when letters in English can be so varied. Um, but then there's other communities who have been very successful uh, just learning how to read letter combinations in the phonetics, um, like letters that you can only use on a typewriter, for example. Uh, and using knowing the difference between a capital versus a small, um, and that has been very successful. I'm thinking of the Sanchothan people in Victoria have been very, very successful um, by keeping their writing system phonetic. So there's just so many routes uh, one could take. It's the kind of thing that, you know, maybe people don't even consider, like, uh, you know, the alphabet. Like, it's like, it's very um, meta yeah. to, to think about uh, your writing. But now we're not thinking about the writing. We're thinking about, like you said, the font or the topography that's used to represent the sound of your thought. Yeah, like the or the um, like those are not in the regular phonics totally my yeah. parents language they have the huh sound oh yeah 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 or even just breaths of air like that is important to the sentence but how do you write that oh man and then how do you record it <laughs> so many conversations to have i love talking about language it is really fascinating um uh, six thirty. Uh, you're tuned to CJMP ninety point one FM Powell River Community Radio. We are volunteer run, volunteer um, everything. So please visit our website cjmp.ca and find out how you can become a sustaining member, which really is what keeps the doors open. And uh, feel free to visit the website as well and find out how you can be a DJ in your own community. Um, 
being uh, working in community media like this is what we like to call on 42 fish taking direct action it means that you are doing something um, you know doing community media means you're you're kind of like a radical revolutionary whoa 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 <laughs> whoa, whoa 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 it's true and by listening you too are kind of radical and revolutionary um, and let's talk about some radical revolutionary shenanigans that just went down. Oh, the pipeline was quashed. Quash, 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 quash. That was huge. Like uh, for for me and my family, anyways. Like we were shocked. Like, um, you know, whether or not this, you know, holds, it was still a historic moment, and it was like, oh my god, like because we were always expecting it not to be in our favor and it was for once so no matter what happens we need to celebrate that (laughs) and uh in celebration of that uh the word for water kaya kaya yeah means water and the ocean is sinqua or sanku sanku yes that's one of those yeah that's how uh Late Dave Dominic pronounced it Sanku. Oh, Dave Dominic. Yes, love you, Dave. Oh, Dave Dominic. You know, and his voice, we always have his voice. Yeah. So nice. On first voices. He was a, la- Dave D was a language warrior in our community. Um, talk a little bit more about Dave D, and I'm going to try and find uh, what I'm looking for to play. Okay, yeah. yeah, he was our main language consultant until he um, passed away a few years ago. He was the Amen in Tokaimuch, and everyone called him Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave was always walking around the village. He walked more than anybody in the community, actually, literally. <laughs> and his favorite soda pop? Um, cream soda. Cream soda, that's right. Yep. Cream soda. Yes, we used to take him out on Otakin with us. And he loved listening to Johnny Cash on our ride to Gibson's. <sighs> All right. Um, now, now I want to play some uh, Johnny Cash for him. But um, <laughs> instead, and now this is kind of going to be sort of a twisted bridge because I can't actually find the piece I want to play. But um, uh, we are going to... I am going to share with you Cousin's uh, selection of a composition. And um, this composition was uh, uh, created by Hildegard Westerkamp. And you might remember last episode of 42 Fish, we were talking about a, a sound workshop that I had been so lucky to get a scholarship to attend at Hollyhock. And it was the Dana Base. Solomon Scholarship, and I will eternally be grateful. Yay! Um, You earned that, for the record. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, But um, uh, Hildegard Westerkamp was the mentor, uh, and then the two sort of lead facilitators were Jenny uh, Shine and Jen Moss, and three women who are just highly accomplished uh, and use sound in different ways, in different amazing ways. And Hildegard uh, has, since the 50s, been in Canada working in Vancouver co-op radio. 
and creating soundscapes with uh, the likes of R. Murray Schaefer and um, uh, also most recently in Powell River came and led us on a sound walk. And uh, she was the composer or sound designer on the film Conalina by Hetty Wild, and that was at the Powell River Film Festival last year. Um, so Hildegard has a piece about water, and uh, it's amazing. And she uses her sound art as political statements. So uh, the piece that I was telling Kusin about earlier uh, was something they did in Vancouver Co-op Radio in the 70s, Um, which was on Earth Day, they did this radical, radical act of 24 hours of downtown Vancouver radio time was dedicated to playing a soundscape of a recording of a meadow. So this is a meadow that's like people in the city would never have had this experience before. And when you consider the cost of 24 hours of airtime in downtown Vancouver. Um, <laughs> totally. Right? And how much the media and the sort of economic world and, you know, I don't know, corporate media values filling those airwaves with sounds that are driven to sell you things, whether it's ideas or products, and s- to celebrate the earth they took back the airwaves and dedicated them to this meadow. I mean, absolutely radical. So cool. But requires people to think, quite frankly. And so, you know, maybe maybe not everybody got it. But I want to share now a piece that she did uh, on a uh, an album called Into India. And it uh, gives you a sample, sort of an idea of the how she uses sound and speech uh, in her artwork. Um, and I'm gonna the piece I wanted to play was the one that was a recording of the Ganga River that my friend Prash actually recognized as the Ganga River, but I can't find it. So we're going to go with this one called uh, Please hold technical difficulties. It's called Gently Penetrating. And these are vendors' voices uh, specific to New Delhi in 1992 in the residential area of Janakpuri. And uh, it's at an early produce market. And um, uh, she says here, coming from a European and North American context, I was delighted by the daily presence of the vendors' voices, as the live human vending voice has disappeared almost entirely in Northern Europe and North America. It's largely been replaced by media advertising. It's somewhat of a miracle for the visitor from these areas to hear such voices again. Beautiful. She writes so well. All right, here it is, cousins. It's not the entire piece, but this is Gently Penetrating by Hildegard Westerkamp on CJMP 42 Fish. Thank you. 
You're listening to 42 Fish on CJMP 90.1 FM, Pal River Computer Community <laughs> Radio. I'm looking at a computer right now. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> 
And you were just listening to Gently Penetrating by Hildegard Westerkamp, a short selection from the piece off of her Into India album. Uh, Can you hear lots of bikes? Isn't that wild? Yeah. All the little bells you could hear going on. <laughs> It's, I, I hadn't really thought about the idea of the uh, vendors disappearing from the economy. Like, yeah, you don't. I remember traveling in Africa. That's something um, I will never forget is people constantly calling after you. This is in particular in Zimbabwe, calling after you, you know, like sister, sister, and holding things up to sell you. And I remember a whole, like, six women all running over to me with crocheted blankets because I had like made a move towards one of the women selling crocheted blankets. So then that was all they needed. They were all there. Yeah. It was like that when we were in Hong Kong too. Really? Just so many people. Yeah. And I have always, well, I lived in the city for a while, but I was born and raised here in T-Squad. So the people is very overwhelming. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, Hong Kong is definitely a noisy place. Yeah, if you wanted to get into a restaurant sooner, you would sit with complete strangers. That was like something I've never even thought about before. <laughs> okay, now in, if you go to Belgium, they have uh, like bakery, renowned for bakeries and like breakfast is the deal kind of thing. That's what you want there is breakfast. And you go into a place and it's only got one big huge table for everybody to sit at. So you you must sit with complete strangers. Isn't that, is that interesting? That's so cool. Yeah. That's just like some that's like community, you know, vibes. It is community vibes, yeah. That's funny. We had this really interesting conversation last night over dinner with our friend uh Prash, right? He's so he's from the southern part of India. And around eating, the way he, uh, in his culture, they don't have um, utensils. Okay. So you're eating with your hand. Um, but we were having like curry and rice, and I'd never noticed before. I mean, I've known Prash for years, but um, it's like, how can you eat curry with your? But no, totally. And like nothing on his plate afterwards. He was like showing us this plate, like, haha, look at my plate compared to yours. <laughs> It's like, man, that's good. Oh, that's funny. Isn't that right? Yeah. So interesting. These cross-cultural moments. Yes, always. Um, uh, we are coming towards the end of the show here. Let's talk a little bit about uh, things that are coming up. Uh, mm, the Pacific Salmon Foundation, the 14th annual Palo River Gala and Auction, is Saturday, the 20th of October, 2018 at Dwight Hall. Uh, doors open at 530 uh, for a reception and silent auction. Seven is dinner. Uh, tickets are $50 per person. Mm-hmm. Available from Marine Traders, Palo River Outdoors, and The Peak. And I can't quite find it at the moment, but I know coming up this month in September will be uh, um, some sort of information nights or debates or whatever it is hosted because we have coming up a municipal and uh, regional election. And quite frankly, cousins, the last I checked in, there were not even enough people to run for counselor or school trustee for there to be an election. Yeah, we'll have to double check. That was only two days ago or something, though? Right. 
But uh, yes, uh, so that election is coming up October 20... Uh, I believe the one in Cortez is the 20th. Okay, so it would be October 20th. And um, look into your local area for elections. And again, for the first time in a long time, the regional district folk will have a vote. There is going to be contest for... Uh, I think most of the the spots in the regional district, although I can't confirm that entirely. So look into it, because... Lots to come. Um, Everyone's still transitioning into school right now, too. <laughs> Holy patootie, right? It's crazy out there right now. <laughs> and not to mention that the same week that school started was also like, bam, fall. Oh, yeah. The weather change was quite dramatic. I have been stalling turning my heat on for as long as possible. Did you turn it on? No, not yet. Like, no, sorry, you. you can put socks on. <laughs> socks and a sweater and slippers. <laughs> Toots, maybe. Right. Uh, let's just look what's coming directly up ahead is Bushwhack with Rin. And a uh, great radio show for remote radicals on the front line. And um, later this evening, 10 p.m., Nocturnes with Mark O'Connor, 11 p.m., Can Queer. Right before us is Let's Talk Trash from 5 till 6 every Thursday, an amazing program run by three amazing humans, um, Ty, Abby, and Ingaliza. And, of course, tomorrow is Friday on CJMP. It is the uh, Friday Night Live lineup beginning at noon with Sean Savage and the mix sessions, followed by the long-running and unending, unending subtleties of River Power with David Parkinson, Dr. Mister. Feeding time with Nabob from 4 till 5. Every day is like Sunday from 5 till 7. If she's back, she might be back. We'll see. Cowbell Radio from 7 till 8 with yours. I mean, his truly, Commandy. And of course, the Pow Town Get Down radio show with DJ Triple Dub. (laughs) Oh, I mean, running as long as the show following, which is the Stuntman's radio show, who's a longtime programmer. Both of those guys. And Commandy and Karen, everybody on Friday, longtime programmers, great people. So thank you to them for their dedication. My brother is getting married very soon, so shout out to Ryan and Austin. Ryan and Austin, we heart you. Can't wait for the big day. Ooh, everybody's coming home. Okay, I want to play a song now, the song that I'm supposed to be leading at the wedding celebration. Okay, which one is that? Baby, I love you. Okay. Is that cool? Totally. The song is from A House at First Nation on the west coast uh around boat ride from tofino uh and this song became very very popular in tribal journeys and it is uh what jerry ullman would call a pop song really <laughs> yeah he calls yeah a couple very well-known songs are called pop songs really <laughs> interesting everyone knows this song because it's a mesh of drumming and also um english uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. And do you know who sort of originally... Um, Ooh, I'd have to get back to y'all next month on who the composer is. So, okay, like if we're singing this at the wedding, right? What's, what is the sort of protocol around how we share it in that kind of setting? 
like knowing it's you know it's not our song it's not the song from this nation especially knowing that you know we're not indigenous people what what is the sort of appropriate um well there's a difference when uh like during protocol if we were singing a song um representing our nation versus when it's all nations together or and everyone's just having a jam sesh like it's different for pub there there are definitely public songs social songs and definitely um ceremonial songs that do not uh leave ceremony cool Mm -hmm. all right this is baby i love you from my house it (laughs) for ryan and austin
You're listening to 42 Fish at CJMP, Powell River Community Radio. The end of the show has come already. Uh, Jay Chipot Cousins, we so appreciate you tuning in and uh, hello and love to uh, canoe family members tuning yes. in. Shelly and Marianne. Marianne. Hello, fam. Aw, Jaja. And um, yeah, lovely to... Uh, to talk about dave tonight yeah yes um any other final shout outs uh, if anyone from the workshop tuned in tonight uh hi guys which workshop the workshop i did on cortex oh hello friends <laughs> <laughs> uh what was the last things we were gonna say uh just am a winker shut them coin on me keep fighting a good fight Good night, Jaja. I love a lot. I got a lot of love. But I'm hanging on with a push and a shove. Possession is the motivation that's hanging up this entire nation. Looks like we always end up in a Children taking legs off a of frog. Old dumb rednecks out there rolling low. Tired of ladies at home kissing dogs.